Joining us here on the Full Court Press, it's our honor, it's our privilege to have with us, it's Sam Merrill, former guard here at Utah State. Sam, thanks for joining us. How you guys doing? Uh, we're all right. We're all Social right. isolation, you know, a lot of boredom, a lot of Netflix. I've been the last few days. <laughs> hey, what do you do? Like, I mean, how do you isolate? I mean, have you found a favorite TV show with your wife? I mean, what do you do to try to pass through time? Well, just trying to work out as much as I can. Um, with the limited resources available but uh, we've been living down at my parents just because I have better access down there and um, my sister and brother-in-law are there a little bit too and they have a little kid so a lot of the time it's just trying to uh, control their son who's I think two right now so he's (laughs) a lot of fun and uh, a lot of work for all of us. Sam, with the, the current situation right now, uh, normally right now you'd be working in a gym. You'd probably be working with, I don't know, an agent, maybe off-site somewhere. They're running you through different drills and preparing you for a combine or uh, individual workouts with NBA teams. What kind of contact have you had? Do you have an agent? I guess is the first question. And the second part of it is, uh, what's the process in preparing for an opportunity to work out with NBA teams? Yeah, it's been... It's been different for sure. Um, I I have signed with an agent. I signed last week. And the plan, they have a really good pre-draft routine. Um, So the plan was for me to go out to Chicago and spend about a month and a half there. Um, But that's not happening right now. So at some point, hopefully when this all cools down a little bit, I'll head out to Chicago. But as of right now, they've just given me some stuff that they'd like me to work on. And I'm, I'm trying to do that as best I can. How do you choose an agent? How does that process go about? It's similar to a college a college recruitment. And my college recruitment obviously wasn't wasn't super in depth because I was um I was leaning towards Utah State, as everyone knows, early on, but uh I got in contact with probably six or seven and, and talked with all of them. But for me it's for me the biggest thing was connections. Um if I didn't have any connections to the agency, it's just hard to it's hard to know exactly what you're going to get from them. So the agency that I did sign with, um, I had multiple connections with and was able to talk to multiple people that I know and trust. And, and they gave me great insight and great advice. And uh, that's that's what ultimately led to me making that decision. The agent that you've signed with, the group that you've signed with, what are some of the things that they're telling you or the feedback they're giving you about, A, preparing yourself to meet with NBA teams and then be how much interest is there right now from NBA teams in Sam Merrill? Well, again, there's, it's been hard because I think a lot of teams right now are just trying to figure out what's next. Um, but I do know that there is interest. Um, I know that there's an opportunity. Maybe that's sometime in the second round. Maybe it's undrafted. I'm not, I don't know. Um, but I believe that if, if I can, improve my body, which is, I think the number one thing for me, get into great, great shape, um, and then improve minor things like my ball handling. And then obviously as much athletically on the margins as I can, that, that when, when, and if there are workouts that I'll be able to, to impress some people and, uh, hopefully get an opportunity. But like I said, I know there is interest and I know that I'll have a chance. Maybe I'm overly biased, but I thought you were one of the best defensive players in the conference during your span here yet you never made an all-defensive team. Does that bug you at all? <laughs> yeah, it actually does bug me a little bit. It's not, I'm not losing sleep over it, but uh, <laughs> I always felt like my defense was was a little underrated, and um, I, don't, I don't know why that is, but 
I think, I think, you know, when it comes to defense, a lot of, a lot of people look at just athleticism, but the two most important things, and I'm not the only person that says this, coaches will say this, but two most important things when it comes to defense are knowing what you're doing. So like always being in the right spots, um, having a high IQ and having pride and being tough about it. And I think I have those two things. And uh, as far as the next level goes, I, I know that that's something that teams have looked at and said, you know, he's actually a better defender than we thought. So, um, like I said, hopefully with going forward with workouts and stuff, I can prove that I can defend at the NBA level. We've had several different discussions on this program, and I know others have as well, about where Sam Merrill ranks among the Aggie greats. And as we've looked at different players, and they've all had their different moments for different reasons, I think Ajay and I have agreed that one of the things that sets you apart from some of the others that are high on the list is that you are a two-way player. You do have that defense besides just your scoring ability. I mean, J.C. Carroll could fill up a, a lot of points in a lot of different ways, but he his biggest weakness was his defensive ability. And that's one of the things that we've noticed that really stands apart for what you did in an Aggie uniform. Yeah, no, I, you know, you get into these conversations and everyone talks about the, the MJ and LeBron debate, and I just think it's funny because I bet 70% of the people that are weighing in on those, those types of debates haven't, have never watched MJ play or have seen only highlights of him or have, have not watched full games. And I think it's similar with, with all this type of stuff. Like I had the opportunity, um, not the opportunity, but these last couple of weeks while we've been quarantined, I've been watching old Utah state games just cause I'm interested in it. And it's been a while since I've watched those. And, um, that gives you a better idea of how players were. And, you know, JC is a guy that I look up to and one of those guys that's, you know, one of the best to ever play here. And um, everyone talks about Wayne Estes. Um, it's hard to have seen him play, obviously. But, uh, yeah, I think that's one of the things that I do take pride in is is being competitive on both ends of the floor. And uh, just for me, it was always about doing what whatever I can to help the team win. And um, I developed as a scorer, so I felt like that was something that I needed to do for the team. But when I first got into college, I, I felt like the way that I was going to be able to stick on the court was – was on the defensive end, so that's something that I've always took pride in. J.C. Carroll versus Sam Merrill, game to 21, going twos and threes. Who wins? Who wins right now? Yeah, sure. Or who wins when we were both in college? Uh, yeah, okay. Your, well, yeah, that, that's a great point. Prime. College prime. There you go. <laughs> I have no idea. I would I, I would like to think I would win because I'm a competitive dude, but I'm sure J.C. would say the exact same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Hey, so, and then when you, uh, are you a Jordan guy? I didn't know this. Like, do I? Like sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I mean, are, I mean, were you a fan of Michael Jordan? I guess it's, I mean, because there's a LeBron-Jordan oh. debate, and like, Tony Jones is like all LeBron all the time. He doesn't even know Jordan existed. Sam, what do you think? <laughs> like I said, I've watched some MJ. I haven't watched a ton of him. I think LeBron's a better basketball player, just a better all-around basketball player, but um, there are some things that bug me about LeBron that I, I know Jordan didn't have, so. As someone who's watched probably three total MJ games, I'm not sure I'm the person you want to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, I, I want to go back to the Vegas tournament, uh, one of the most historic three-game runs I've ever seen from an individual ever. You guys had to probably win out to go to the, at least a for sure yourself a spot in the tournament. How much confidence did you have going into that tournament that you guys could go win three games in three nights? It seems like it was months ago. I know, <laughs> I, I know. You know, I felt. I think we we definitely felt that urgency. Um, I, to be honest, I wasn't sure if we could if we could beat San Diego State. Obviously, we knew we could win the first two games, but San Diego State was so good, and 
we felt like we played really well at their place and they still beat us by 10 and they still did a lot of things. But um, for me personally, I just really, really felt like, like there was an opportunity in that. Um, I had that urgency and I think we had that as a team that, you know, we got to just give it everything we got. Cause, cause again, we had no idea whether we were going to make it or not, if we didn't win it. Um, we knew we had to at least make the championship game and then <clears throat> we got into the, that championship game and it was just, we just had that mindset of, Hey, let's go do this. Like we're here. We've been here before. They had a couple of guys that played in last year's game, but basically our entire team had been there before. Like we just, we were in the same locker room. Like it just felt so similar and the same schedule, all that stuff. So we, we did feel confident once we actually got to that championship game. Sam, what was the biggest difference between this year's team and last year's team? I think it took us a while to, you know, we 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 had a good non-conference schedule schedule, obviously, but we had a good non-conference record. But it didn't it didn't really feel like we clicked um, to the way that we had wanted to. Like there were never any chemistry issues. That's not what I'm saying. But like as far as on the court, it never really felt like we were clicking the way that we wanted to 100. percent So it took us a while, and I think I think Mimi missing games was a part of that. And and then he comes back, and we we had we had started to get into a little bit of a rhythm and then he comes back. So we had to integrate him and it just took us a while to, to figure out everyone's individual role and, and how we were going to play and how we were going to do things in certain situations. Cause you know, every, you talk about how we brought back most of our team. Well, it's, it's such a different team with a couple new guys. And then um, Justin Bean's a much better player. Diogo's a better player. Nimi's a better player. Abel Brock, all those guys, like it's a, it's a, every year is different. So it took us a while, but, um, I think at the end of the day, like we, we are more talented this year than we were last year. And, and we started to finally figure that out and show that at the end of the season, um, our style of play was similar. Um, but like I said, it just took us a little bit to kind of figure out to develop that on-court chemistry that, that was, there were never any issues off the court, but we had to figure that out. Hey, going back to the Mount West Conference Tournament, by the way, have you rewatched any of those games, or are you like staying away from it? I rewatch the games that we win. I, I never rewatch games if we lose, and or or if I don't play well. <laughs> okay, yeah, I've, I've re I've rewatched those. <laughs> uh, what game? I, I mean, sitting where I was, that New Mexico game is is one of the best games I've ever seen. As I guess, as a personal performance, which one would you rather take? I, I guess there's San Diego State, and it is a championship game. But that New Mexico game where you just came alive in the last nine minutes of that game with four fouls is still the most unreal thing to me. It's funny, specifically with that New Mexico game, if you rewatch it, like I most I think I hit one or two shots, but I mostly hit just free throws. I got to the I got to the free throw line and, and it was Diogo that really hit some big shots, but that New Mexico game was almost identical to last year's New Mexico game in the quarterfinals. As far as um, it's a 2-7 game, um, they have a big crowd. We have a decent crowd. The Bears is, is for sure bigger. They get a lead in the second half. I, I got four fouls last year, too, at, at about the same same time, if I'm not mistaken. I don't remember that, really. It was either three or four. So I had to sit out almost the exact same time. And then we ended up coming back and winning the game. And the San Diego State game, was different as a team, but for me, it was almost identical in the fact that I hit our first shot of the game in last year's game and this year's game. And then I did not score until there were about two and a half minutes left in the half. 
in both those games and, wow. and then came alive a little bit. So it was interesting, but, uh, that, that New Mexico game, it felt like just, there was just so much urgency that San Diego state game and the Wyoming game as well. I just literally felt like I could throw anything up and it would go in. Wow. The, your, um, this may be difficult to answer specifically, but who are you going to miss the most not being around at Utah State? Uh, that's a good question. I just think all these guys, I know that's probably not a great answer, but uh, I've been able to develop such good relationships with, with all of my teammates. And um, you look at obviously like I've been really close with Abel for a long time, so that's going to be weird not playing basketball with him um, and Diogo these last four years. But all these guys, from players to coaching staff to to John Hartwell, like I've been able to develop such good relationships, and I know they'll they'll be relationships that'll last forever. But it's different when you're not talking and seeing those guys every day. So it's gonna be it's gonna be weird going forward and having to meet new people and and develop new relationships. The other question I had for you is: you've had a very interesting basketball career at Utah State. We know all the accolades, we know the awards, which are definitely worthy. But you spanned a very interesting time of Utah State basketball. Recruited by Stu, played a little bit with Stu, played with or played under uh, Tim Durier, and now I've got a couple years under Craig Smith. What's that been like with the, just the coaching aspect of your time associated with Utah State? <laughs> yeah, it's been interesting. Like you said, I was recruited by Stu and that staff, so I knew the style of play that I was going to be getting into. Um, as far as all of the different types of sets and a half court game. And then I go on my mission and Stu retires and they hire coach D and uh, he, he changed it up a little bit, tried to be a little more free flowing. So that was an adjustment. Um, and I think we were, lear- I think we were trying to adjust those first two years just because some things weren't working, some things were. So there was constantly some adjustment on how we were going to try and play. And then, and then Coach Smith comes in, and it's a whole new style. So it was certainly difficult to to uh, to adjust to those different styles and and try and try and be the best that we could be. But at the end of the day, it's just basketball, and you have to play. And uh, those those guys that were with Coach Durier and then with Coach Smith, like we we just took it upon ourselves to to get better, and and we didn't try and blame the coaching staff or anything like that. We just that summer when, when Coach Daria was let go and Coach Smith was brought in, we really, really put in a lot of work to get better individually, and, and that's part of the reason why we were so good as a team. Your averages offensively went up when Coach Smith and his staff came in. What was different about it? I think there were multiple things. I think, one, like I just said, I got much better as a player. Like I was good my sophomore year, and my percentages, I think if I remember right, were really good my sophomore year. But um, I just felt like I had to get so much better, and I – I had to lose some weight, which I did, and I improved as a ball handler and improved as an athlete, and, and that's one of the reasons. But Coach Smith did a really good job of 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 just letting me of letting me play, and um, he he runs a lot of really good sets for me that that got me in spaces that I like to be in, and that helped. And having a big guy like Mimi really helped as well, and um, having guys that could shoot the ball helped. And uh, there's a lot that goes into it, but. Coach Smith allowing me to play and allowing me to be the, be the guy and uh, along with my own personal improvement, those were the biggest reasons. What was your first meeting like with Coach Smith? 
you remember? Yeah, it was, uh, I think it was the day, I think it was the day after his press conference, my first personal meeting, he met with us as a team, Mm -hmm. uh, that Sunday that he got hired. But, uh, I was, uh, after, after we met as a team, I was pretty confident in what, in who he was as a coach, but I still wasn't sure. And, um, I had obviously received, I hadn't received calls, but there had been received calls received for me from other schools. So that was in the back of my mind. And I wanted to make sure that I felt like he was the right guy before I made any decision. And I don't remember a a whole lot about what he said. Um, I just remember leaving that meeting and, and, and knowing that, that Utah state was, was the right place for me and that this was the right guy and that he was going to help me take my game to the next level. And, and he was going to help our team win games as well. Speaking of going to the next level now, is there an NBA team or franchise that would be like cherry on top, dream fulfilled for Sam Merrill? <laughs> Any team would be a dream fulfilled for me. <laughs> Obviously, like if if I could pick and choose, sure. Like there are a lot of really good organizations. You got Boston, Toronto, the Spurs, Miami. Those those organizations and. And I grew up a jazz fan, so that would be great. But at the end of the day, like I'm just working so hard that if I can find a way to have any career with any team, like um, that would be the fulfillment of a dream for me. Has there been any thought or discussion about if something in the NBA doesn't work out, opportunities in Europe? Yeah, absolutely. I know that's there, and uh, I think – I think a lot of people would say that that's where I'm going to end up. I don't think that's what, where I'm going to end up because I think I'm going to put in the work to to get to the to get to the NBA. But I've heard so many great stories from a lot of guys that I trust about how much fun they had in Europe and uh, how much success they had and how it's how it's high level basketball over there if you get in the right league. So if that does end up being the case, it's something that I'll be happy to do. But it's uh, it's not on my mind right now, and it shouldn't be. I don't I think for any guy that's in in a kind of fringe situation like I am, if you're thinking about Europe, then you're probably not approaching it the right way. So I'm doing everything I can to make the NBA, but if that doesn't happen, I do know that I can have some fun over in Europe. Have you had uh, or heard of, at least your agent has heard from any interest from any NBA teams as of right now? Yeah, not specifically. Yeah, um, sure. Not specifically any teams, but uh, I know those guys are, are making calls and, uh, um, I, like I said, I know the opportunities there and they've let me know that, that, that they believe that I'm an NBA player and that if I make the improvements that I need to make over this summer. And I think for me, one thing that it's helpful is this coronavirus stuff allows, gives me more time to get my body right and get into great shape. So, um, I think that'll be a positive for me and hopefully we can get some workouts in and I can go impress people. Sam, you were just uh, this week named as a first-team All-American for the Senior Class Award, and you're with some pretty prestigious company uh, with that recognition. What does that mean to you, and what what have you done to be recognized for that kind of an award? Well, it's it's definitely an honor to be a part of some some really big-time names, like you said, and um, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that. I dominated that vote, so shout out to Utah State fans for <laughs> for uh, for winning that that uh, fan vote. I think that was a big part of it. Um, but I don't know. I just you know it's about 
being a good person and trying to represent your school the right way. And um, the other guys that are in that list, I think Marcus Howard won it, won the senior class award. And I know he's done great things for his community as well. So um, to be in that conversation with those guys is definitely an honor. Hey, speaking of which, did you see that KSL Utah, what, all-time greatest bracket, whatever it is? Yeah, those Utah fans were not happy about that. Oh, my heck, yeah, you beating Andre Miller just set, like, the world on fire. But when you look at the bracket, you probably ought to think, holy cow, this is a heck of a list. I actually, I just skimmed through the bracket. I don't even know what seat I was, to be honest. But I just kept, the only reason I knew about it is because every time there was a change, KSL would tag me in it. (laughs) So when I... So I didn't even know I had made it that far. And then I saw that, that uh, according to the fans, which who cares, right? That's, that's why it was funny that I thought people were getting mad, but that I had beaten Andre Miller and was going to go up against, against Danny in the final four. And all these Utah fans are replying and, and I was tagged in. They're like, man, this is, this is a joke. What is this? And uh, so I texted, I texted crew and said, Hey, are you going to, you, you telling Danny that uh, I'm in the final four against him and, I ended up losing because BYU's got a lot of fans, but uh, it was it was funny to see some of the tweets. I think it's good because I mean Wayne Estes got beat by like Damian Lillard, so I, I mean it's all all is fair in love and war here. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, well, Sam, uh, I, I know there's a lot of ambiguity right now with timelines and and everything, but has there been any sense? Have you been any any kind of an idea of hey, we, we're thinking we may be able to do some things starting at this time we're starting at that date or is it just hey take care of your body let's keep in contact and as things change we'll let you know yeah i think we're all as much in the dark as everyone else but i asked my agent earlier this week like have you guys received any updates from the nba on on when they're considering starting back up and he just said no like adam silver's a great great leader and he's not going to make any rash decisions so they're just going to wait this thing out, and that's what I'm going to have to do as well. And at some point, at some point, hopefully this will cool down a little bit, and I'll be able to go work out. But uh, as of right now, you just got to do your best to uh, stay in shape and get as much work in as you can. With the thousands of Aggie Nation ears listening to this interview right now, what's your message to them as you say goodbye? Well, like I like I posted on social media the other day, I'm just so thankful for uh, everyone that supported me and uh, cheered for us during the good and during the bad, and it's been such a fun experience and I've loved every second of it. And it's obviously bittersweet knowing that it's over, but I'm excited for the future. The one thing I would say is keep going to games. Um, I think they're going to have a good team next year. And uh, I thought the attendance was, was pretty good this year, but uh, I think, I think Utah state can take it up another level. So um, keep going to games, keep supporting these, these guys and, and this staff. And if you want this staff to stay for as long as, as as possible, then 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 support this team and this program, and and go to games and donate and do whatever you can to to help this team out. In fact, you mentioning that did remind me. I did want to ask you what what does next year's team look like? I mean, there's some guys that were part of that uh, roster that because of redshirt and sitting out issues and things like that that we weren't able to see on the court. So what what's an, an early glimpse of what the 2020 2021 USU men's basketball team might look like? Well, as long as Coach Smith's um, at the top, there's it's going to be a competitive team. I think they're going to be good. I I don't think it's going to be much of a drop off. It's hard to it's hard to replace three your three primary ball handlers for any team um, with me, Diogo, and Abel being gone. But uh, Marco Marco's going to be great. He's he's 
he adds something that, that we haven't had in the last few years. Um, I'm not sure what Nimi's status is, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he if he was back for another year either. So those two guys are going to be really good. And then you look at all the guys coming back. Obviously, Justin's very good. Sean, Sean's, Sean Barrishow is going to be a really good player. Um, we give him a summer of improvement. Um, Brock, Brock didn't shoot the ball very well this year, but we've seen Brock shoot the ball well. Like he shot it really well as a freshman, and he's a good shooter. So expect him to get back to the level that we know he can shoot it at. Um, and then you got the new guys coming in as well, who who are going to be good. So. Um, I expect them to be to be right there at the top again. Sam, you're not an emotional guy, are you? I mean, when you tweeted that out, you probably didn't shed one tear. I was going to post something earlier, and then I just forgot about it. And my family's been bugging me for the last few days, saying, <laughs> "Hey, you got to put something out there. Like, you got to put something out there for the fans." So, it's it was very emotional for me when 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 we found out that the tournament was being canceled, that we weren't going to get that chance. But uh, no, I'm not the most emotional guy in the world. <laughs> well, Sam, you're one of the best to ever do it ever, ever in Aggie men's basketball history. There's there's no doubt in my mind. And from us here and on behalf of Aggie Nation, thank you for everything you have done for us and for bringing us to one of the most elite levels we've been to in quite some time. We greatly appreciate you. Thank you, guys. I appreciate that.